Ottawa now fending off criticism over their response to Canadians that were stuck on Caribbean islands after the Irma disaster and their lack of response in some cases. They're saying, look, if you have anyone, I think we've got all the Canadians out, but at this point they're insisting that if you know somebody uh, who is in that country, one of the countries affected, send an email to sos at international.gc.ca to make sure we know where they are and if they have special needs. So they're going to come and get you. Yesterday, we had a really interesting discussion with a mom whose 21-year-old son, Daniel, is attending the American University of the Caribbean School of Medicine. Um, And her name was Amila. She was a a very interesting woman. She was so worried about her son, Daniel. He had been stuck on Saint-Martin during Irma, and he joins us on the show right now, safe and sound in Chicago. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Hi, uh, thank you. You know, we were really uh, concerned about you. You know, it was so great of your mom because she was, she's was she been worried about your safety for days now, especially when we find out there's looting going on in Saint-Martin and the uh, the island is devastated. But she was uh, telling us yesterday that you're going to be safely airlifted to Chicago. Wasn't sure who was coming to get no. you. Who did t- who turned out to uh, save you at the end of the day? Uh, at the end of the day, it was actually uh, the school. Um, they ended up getting a charter for uh, the remaining students and faculty and any families that were associated with the students. And, yeah, they got us out uh, on a flight to Santo Domingo to fuel up and then to Chicago yesterday night. Have you ever been so happy to set foot on a plane? Oh, no. Uh, that was that was awesome. That was the crazy, craziest moment of my life, for sure. I bet. Now, I, I want you to describe for us what it's like to be in a Category 5 hurricane like Irma. You know, uh, when were you first aware that you could not get off that island and exactly what ensued? What did it sound like? What did it feel like? Put us there. Well, the day before is when it became a Category 5 hurricane. And at that point, they grounded all flights and you couldn't really leave. And uh, the school said we had shelter. You know, we were going to be fine. The buildings were built to withstand it. So I trusted them. And then we went into the dorms, and most people went into, like, a big facility building there. And then uh, midway through and during the eye, the, the dorms were not really holding up that well, so they came and we had to run through the eye. What do you mean the dorm well. is not holding up so well? Describe what that's like. Were you in the dorm? Oh, yeah. Okay, so tell us. Like you're that. in the dorm. What's it like? Well, we have the hurricane shutters down, so you can't see outside, but you hear, like, what sounds like cars flying, cars flipping, trees breaking, snapping, palm trees being ripped out of the ground. Apparently, it was, like, the biggest storm in the history of the Atlantic. It was, like, 225-mile-per-hour winds, super loud, like a freight train outside. The building, the concrete building is just shaking. We were hiding in the bathroom um, because we didn't know, you know, something could just fly through the door at any point. When you say um, we were hiding in the bathroom, how many of you are, you know, crammed into this bathroom? Uh, there's three of us. There's okay. me and my two, two American friends of mine. And then during the eye, the eye is like the a calm part of the storm because that's just, I don't know, yep. the eye is like, there's, you, can actually, you can actually see the sun and it started to start to quiet down. So we decided we we're going to look outside, see what's going on. And then there's like a bunch of like securities from the school yelling at us, screaming at us, being like, we have two minutes to run and get to like the main, main building. So that's what we did. We got out, we just grabbed whatever we could and ran. Ran to the main building, which was, uh, it was safe. It was fine. Um, just a couple of weeks, but for the most part, that building withstood, withstood it all. We were when all you ran, there. Daniel, did you look behind you to see the devastation to where you were? And what did that look oh, like course, if you yeah. did? Oh, roofs are ripped off. Trees, like I said, palm trees, literally ripped out of the ground. Cars flipped, cars destroyed. 
debris everywhere, like just chaos, pure chaos, water, super, still super windy, even though it was the eye. Um, and they said, yeah, we had two minutes. They were yelling like they were going to close the doors because at some point the, the hurricane starts up again and they can't keep the doors open at the shelter because, you know, they have to lock them down. But we made it. Everyone made it. So. Did you think you were going to die? I, uh, I, I, like for a brief moment, yeah. Yeah. Running. Ugh. I mean, as a 21-year-old, I mean, I mean try, at any age, trying to wrap your head around that, that would just be the most terrifying experience. So you run to the main building. How long are you in there, and who are you in there with? Oh, in there, I was there for a week, and well, actually, just just under a week. Actually, we got we got out of there yesterday. Okay, so, so during the storm, you're you're hankered down for how many people would be in there while you're in the middle of the storm? I would say seven to eight hundred people. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to. People were sleeping on the floors. Anywhere where you could find a spot, really, you just lie to, lie there with whatever you have. Some people had blow-up mattresses if they came prepared. Most people didn't. And we're sleeping on the floor. And animals, too. All the animals. Dogs and cats. Bunnies. Wow. That is such a bizarre experience to live through. And, you know, I'm so happy that you got through it okay. So after that, uh, we were talking to your mother, and she said, you know, the process of trying to get you out of there was a bit of a nightmare. Um, you had to go to the airport daily and watch other people get on flights with their animals before you could even um, board a flight. So you would go daily to the airport and wait. Tell us about that experience and process. Well, basically, because we didn't, we didn't have very, we had very limited communications. Um, the Canadian Global Affairs were, we were calling them, and they said they were monitoring the situation, and for us to hang tight. So we didn't know what that meant. We didn't think that anyone was coming. So yeah, we would go to the airport, and sometimes charters would land, and we would hope that we could get on them. For the most part, they were just taking like ticket holders, people who already had bought tickets, and then like people who were sick or elderly or kids who who you know, were prioritized, which is totally fine. I understand that. And uh, but yeah, so basically, we were kind of always pushed back and never really got a chance to get on uh, a flight. We're talking and with then, Daniel Bischoff, who's uh, in Chicago now, but he was on Saint Martin. Uh, keep going, Daniel. No problem. And then um, then after a day or two. They started to evacuate. The American military got there, and they started to evacuate their citizens. Women and children first, followed by females, followed by all students, etc. Males, but the Canadians passport holders were not allowed on those flights, um, well, for obvious reasons. What are and the obvious reasons? I, I guess they're prioritizing uh, American citizens, and actually. I was in line at the American line once because we were thinking maybe if there's extra space, they can grab some Canadians. Yep. And they were said they could, actually. The okay. American government said, yeah, we'll take you. And I, we were actually the next in line, our group, of, our group of Canadian students. We were next in line to get on the uh, American evacuation, but then a bus came of uh, 150 American citizens, and the pilot of the C-130 came out and told us, like, sorry, but uh, we, we can't fly you out today. Super frustrating. Back, back to the school. Oh, yeah, it was a little, a little frustrating. You, but, uh, your mom told us that the university, it was only the students and the dean left, and the, the rest of the faculty had gotten out of there. Did you at any time feel let down by the university in the first place? Honestly, not really. I mean, I understand that this was completely unexpected. The school, the university did their best, and, in fact, they did, they were the ones that ended up getting us out. Um, I put my trust in them. They, they reassured us. We had shelter, food, water, power, like 
compared to the rest of the island, we were living the best. We were safe. We had a military protection from the Dutch. Um, I was not, I was not let down by the university. I'm actually happy. I'm actually, they did, they did what they could. They did more than, than I believe the Canadian government government did. Yeah. Did you see, you know, when on your trips out of the university where you're protected by the government, did you see any looting? What did the rest of the Island look like? Put it in perspective for those of us who, you know, seen some pictures online, but really what's it like being in St. Martin right now? Well, there's, if people don't know, there's two sides. There's a Dutch side and the French side. Um, the French side is entirely destroyed. You're not even allowed to go there and get the military and block it off because it's not safe at all. They're looting, lots of looting, um, violence. And then on the Dutch side, it's just, it just looks like an airstrike hit it. It just, look, every, buildings are crumbling. Concrete buildings are just destroyed. Windows are blown out. Everything's on the rubble on the streets. Uh, you know, for the first couple of days, cars couldn't even drive. On the roads, they had to clear out the roads for, for emergency vehicles. And now, now you can sort of drive from certain locations to certain locations, but still, for the most part, the island is like inaccessible. Daniel, what at the end of the day, I know that you're going to continue your studies in Chicago and your university got you out, which we uh, are so happy about. Um, but do you feel abandoned by Canada? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. At, at one point, you know, when all the Americans are getting on, Americans with pets, they tried to get them on a ferry. That, that ended up falling through, but they did try to get the Americans with pets on, on a ferry. And the Canadians are all sitting there thinking, well, what what do we do? Like the government isn't is still. It's been five days. The government's still monitoring the situation. They're not even giving us a, like all we wanted to hear was that there's a plan. You know, there's a plan A, a plan B, or a plan C. We just wanted to hear that something was in the works. But they didn't. I still don't think they have a plan. When I was leaving, there were still Canadians out there who who didn't have shelter, who everything got everything they had was destroyed. They have nowhere to go. They have no food. They have no water. They're standing outside in the blistering trying to get on a plane, hopefully, hoping that charters will take them. I think for the most part, the Canadians are all out now, but I can't be positive. And either way, there are still thousands of other nationalities there who also need to get out. I, I don't understand why it's just like, we can't just help everybody. Like, why can't we just help people regardless of where they're from? Do you know that one of our Air Force bases, uh, we, on Sunday, uh, there were kids, military kids, taking rides around in planes? It was family day. I didn't. I did not know that. That's 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 very upsetting. I mean, I don't. I don't get why the American military was able to send multiple C-130 aircrafts for their people, and and get their people out. And, and we. I, I guess I. I don't want to believe this, but it almost seems like the Canadian government doesn't think that this is a big deal. Which is, I don't want to believe that, but that's what it's coming across as. 